Hey, I'm Jeffrey Masters, and you're listening to LGBTQ&A. Today, I'm talking with Ross Matthews. You know, Ross got his start on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, and as he describes it, he was this unapologetically flamboyant and gay person, and I really believe that the way we talk about Will and Grace as changing the hearts and minds of the general public I think that Ross's presence on the show did the same thing. So we have a really interesting conversation about that, as well as what he's doing now. Now, as always, if you like our show, please subscribe on iTunes. And then while you're there, leave a comment. Leaving a comment is one of the biggest ways you can help our show to grow. So big thank you for that. And then don't forget to check out our old home and AfterBuzz TV for all their after show discussions. They're the number one place for that. All right, without further ado, here's Ross. I remember seeing you when you were on Chelsea Lately and then on your show, Hello Ross, and just being kind of gobsmacked that there was this person on TV hosting and he was gay and he was talking about it and he wasn't like trying to play straight. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. I can't do that. I remember when I started on, um, you know, I got my start on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno yeah. back in 2001. It was, it was a very different time mm-hmm. in the world. And it, that was reflected in television and how, uh, how little diversity there was for people of color and uh, people from the LGBT commu- community. It was very, very different. And I started unapologetically then back in 2001 and, and raised a lot of eyebrows. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that if Jay Lana was doing that today when the internet was around, I think he would get accused of gay bashing quite a bit. It wasn't not bashing, but like I mean, he would make fun of your hands and like moving around and stuff. And yeah, yeah, he he did. But like, I always won by the end of it, you know. And and uh, I I don't know. That always bugged me when people said, "Do you think you're being a stereotype?" No, I was being myself. And I thought that they celebrated me more than anything. I mean, I think like they goofed on me, but he goofed on every comic that came on. Yeah, and I have to say too that I think had you been out there and done what you did and he not commented on it, I think people would have been like, oh, whoa, how, how'd he miss that? Yeah, he he said what people were thinking, but I remember when I first started, I knew because the landscape was so different, I knew I'd have to get them to laugh with me by the end. So he was pointing out the obvious, but he also put me on his show for 13 years. So there was a, a method behind the madness, I think. You did it for 13 years? It started in 2001 and I did it till it went away. Yeah, till wow. Jay retired. Oh my God. I was thinking about you on Chissy Lately and your show. Um, I was shocked how recent it was because it still felt subversive. Like seeing interesting to, for me, it felt subversive to see this like out gay man again, not trying to like butch it up. Yeah, well, I just never really gave a flying fuck ever <laughs> what people thought or, or still what they what they do think, and I think that. Um, maybe me sort of embracing what I was, which is yeah. like, and what I am, which is like this plus size, uh, unapologetically, openly gay person. Maybe, uh, maybe woke some people up, or maybe made them think yeah. that it was that they could do it. You know, yeah. I don't know, but it, I think you see more and more and more of it. I think we're being celebrated more than ever. Oh my god, absolutely! Yeah. I, and you said plus size. I think formerly plus size. I, girl, I just lost fifty three pounds. I'm starving. Oh, you that much? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, congratulations, if I can say that. No, I'm very proud of myself. I love myself at any stage uh, in life. Yeah. You have to love yourself on your worst day. Um, I just hate complimenting people losing weight because then I think like, oh, like before I wasn't. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You can compliment me on uh, being in control of my own journey. Uh, yes. That's what it feels like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned earlier about sounding gay. Did you see that documentary last year, Do I Sound Gay? Yeah. It was about like how and when we learn to talk like this. 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I learned to talk like this in Mount Vernon, Washington, and nobody was around. So I, I, I just talk like this. I didn't, I didn't learn. I didn't meet a gay person until I that I knew was gay until I went to college. You know, uh, it was that was not exactly surrounded by people sissying that walk. Right, and and I'm not saying like you should have butched it up. Oh no, I'm not saying like in a gay shame sense. But I'm wondering like it's not always safe to be perceived as gay. Well, yeah. Like, That's absolutely true. How do you navigate, uh, like, that kind of, like, space? Well, I mean, I grew up in a farm town, sounding and looking like I do today, except less gray hair. And uh, it was tough, but also not. I was very aware of that it was different, just like yeah. I am aware now if I go into a store and say, do you have this in a size 9? That someone may go, like that, you right. know, I'm aware that when I go through a drive through they say, pull ahead, ma'am. And when I pull up to the thing, they're shocked. Yeah. Um, but I also knew then that um, I had comedy. You know, I had yeah. I had uh, the strongest weapon you can have, which is being quicker, faster, and funnier than any bully who comes your way. So they came at me, and I sort of chopped their dicks off with a joke. In, in your book, you wrote that about your girlfriend in high school. Yeah. Did you sound like this when you were dating her? Yeah. Did that sound rude when I asked that? No. <laughs> I was starring as Henry Higgins in My Fair Lady, and she was my dresser, and um, <laughs> we fell in love. Here's the deal. Like, it was also, I mean, that is how powerful um, what you are supposed to be and who you're supposed to be is. Yes. That's what it feels like. Where even I, who was following the North Star of being gay, so much, so strong, still said, well, I guess I should try this because that's what I'm supposed to do. So I did. And it wasn't my cup of tea. But I tried it. <laughs> I, I find, like, the like, the quote-unquote gay voice to be so comforting, too, though. Like, when I'm out and I hear someone sounding gay, it just, like, relaxes me. And yeah. I think, oh, I'm, I'm safe here. Yeah, I mean, I get excited because it's, like, it's like, oh, hi, you know? Oh, you're one? Okay. Um, you, you know your tribe. It's easier to spot our tribe. Yeah, it's how we find each other out yeah, in, the, I, in, in the wild. Yes, but our tribe is also, you know, so varied that they the people can sound very different than, than you or I sound and, of course, be a member of our tribe. We have to be more inclusive. When I first started on, on The Tonight Show, I got a lot of hate mail, and the majority of the hate mail was from gay people saying, you're setting the movement back. How dare you? I'm embarrassed to be gay because you're representing us and you these motherfuckers let me tell you something if your bigoted parents can accept me in their living room back in 2001 your life just got a little easier it rubbed me so the wrong way i think that's a great point yeah would do, so they wanted you to like play straight pretty much they wanted me off tv they wanted uh, wait, me really? not to represent them gay people yeah a lot of them was it like a like a mask for mask thing or just like I don't know, but it, it, uh, I wrote every one of them back. <laughs> the same thing I just told you. It's a copy and paste. Um, <laughs> oh, did you, uh, you actually wrote them back? Yeah. Oh my, did, and did you get correspondence back sure. from that? Yeah, some people I called. Really? I, I don't back down. Everyone that knows me knows me. I don't back down. Oh my God. Yeah. You've talked before about how your like big dream in life was to host your own TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since I was real little growing up in a little farm town. Wow. Um, I'm curious, you did that. Yeah. I'm curious, like, how someone recalibrates after, like, working their butt off and, like, achieving their massive goal while they're still in their 30s. Well, it was tough because I achieved it. You know, after Chelsea, I got my show Hello Ross, which Chelsea produced, and I got got to do it for two seasons. That was the dream, you know? And then it went away. And when I talk about 
the North Star. I mean, being gay and living that's a North. That's where you just sort of follow what is innately in you. Yeah, it was innately in me to want to be a talk show host. So I followed that, followed that, and then when I was thirty four, thirty four, I it happened, and then by thirty five, it went away. And so I really felt rudderless. I felt like, well, where, if I don't have my North Star, then what do I, where am I going? Yeah. And what I realized is that there's more stories to tell. And then with patience and creativity, I started uh, Straight Talk, which I love, which is my podcast, which I wanted to create because no one could get between me and the audience. No higher ups, no um, people with ulterior motives. Because in this industry, you can create all you want, but you have zero control because circumstance can come in and just fuck you. Yeah. And so I eliminated circumstance by creating this platform, this, the, the podcast. And then what happened is that, um, Hollywood today live came to me and this was a show that I existed. It had started on the internet as a talk show and gone to Fox. It was on bite size. Yeah. Bite size TV. Yeah. There. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, and then they shuffled the cast and I didn't even know they asked me to come co-host for fun. I thought I was filling in for somebody. And then the next thing you know, they offered me a job and I really sat and thought like, do I want to do it again? You know, I checked that box already and I checked it in a big way. Yeah. Um, but I felt like a, like a horse in a stable before the race, just banging their head against, you know, I was 35 years old at the time or 36 and I wasn't using the tools in my tool belt. And so I, I guest hosted a few times and I loved it. And I said, yes. And I've never regretted it for a single day. Every day I'm live with the audience for an hour. We're talking we're like it's live. So they can't tell me not to say anything. Cause guess what? I just said it. Um, I, I know that there are certain words I can't say, and I've never sworn on that show ever, but I get to talk to really interesting, fascinating people. I get to sharpen all my tools. I love doing the show. And we just started our second season. It's we're, a really fun group. When your show ended and you, like you said, you did it in this big way. Did you think about, do I still want to do this? Do I want to do it again? Yeah, I thought about, do I want to do it again? Because like I said, there's no control over it. And it's so personal. And you you want to do it. You want to like do your th- what you're meant to do. Yeah. Um, and it, it hurt so bad when it went away the first time. Because it was like, what do you mean it's going away? This is what I meant to do with my life. You know, like, and I just, and it was really good. And people liked it. And then it went away for circumstances that I didn't have control yeah. over. So I thought, do I want to put my heart into anything again? And then I realized that that's just who I am and there's no choice. Yeah. Yeah. When you say control, are you saying like of the guests you're talking to or no, like the topics? No, success. There's no control oh, of the outcome. Oh, I thought you You can create the-, the perfect cup, right? Yeah. But then ultimately you have to hand it over to people to make sure that the cup gets to where it needs to go. Yeah. But these people, it's not personal to them. So they'll just drop it and pick up another cup. You understand? But this is the most perfect cup that's ever existed. So I have no control that this cup is going to get over there. Right? I can create yeah. the cup. I can make it. But I, I can't put it over there. I can't put it on TV. I can't ensure that people are going to see it. I can't ensure that it's marketed. I can't ensure that people will tune in. Even though it's a perfect cup. Wow. Thanks for that metaphor. Yeah. It wasn't the, per- <laughs> it wasn't the perfect metaphor. But, it, like, you know, the cup may be perfect. Yeah. And, oh, I thought you meant the control of, like, the day-to-day. No, I had that control. That's why That's why it's a perfect cup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so you're like, why is it ending? I love this. Yeah, it was perfect. I, I like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it just, it, there were, there's business choices from people who run Hollywood that yeah. I have no control over. Uh, that's so, what I mean by that. Oh, I understand. So, like, like best case scenario... Five to ten years, what do you, like, want to be doing? 
five to ten I, years. Sorry, and I, I feel like that's a really hacky question, no, but I okay. ask it only because you kind of like reached the success you wanted already. So I'm like wondering what the new success looks like. Success is going to shift for me. Success is going to be um, getting a little more of the power, and I don't mean I don't even mean financially or anything. It's just about what I want to do. You know, the podcast really taught me that, which you know we're not making money doing, but I'm loving how it's breaking a little ground and being new, and we're live streaming the podcast. That to me is very very interesting. I've gotten really. Um, I'm not like a bazillionaire, but I feel like I can choose a little bit of what I want to do, you know, and then I want to start focusing on, on, um, my life and my happiness. You know, I'm a very happy person, but I want to have kids now. I feel like I've been married and raising my career. I've been on TV since 2001. So, uh, it's ready to, I'm ready pretty soon to like think about having some babies. And, wow. And, um, yeah. Are you, like are that. you in Salvador married? No. Oh, okay, so is that going to happen first or not? Uh, yeah, I'm very traditional. Yeah, we'll, have, we'll be married before we have kids. Okay. We've been together for eight years. Oh, my We're God. going on eight years, yeah. Do you... Never mind. I was going to ask... What? Like, if, <laughs> I was going to ask, like, is that going to happen, like, next year? I don't know. You've no idea. Wait, kids or married? In marriage. Don't know. Kids don't know. Kids within five years. Oh, yeah. This is an exclusive. Yeah. We just got it. <laughs> well, I, I always said, and I mean it, that I'll have kids by the time I'm 35. I turn 37 in <laughs> September. So, uh, we'll see. <laughs> All right. So, and while I have you, I need to ask personal anything, questions. Go, anything. Do you still, do you get nervous interviewing celebrities? No. None at all? Nope. Do you, do you like configure your mind differently than having like a long form discussion versus being the red carpet? Yeah. So there's different, it's an autopilot sort of situation. I just sort of go into it and, uh, it comes from my encyclopedic knowledge of pop culture and celebrities. I just yeah. love this stuff. So when you're on the red carpet, you get one, two questions maybe, and then you got to go. Uh, when they come on HTL, you get five minutes with them and, uh, I put a little, uh, prep work into it because you got to know about the project the specific thing and this mm -hmm. and that and, and also something funny you guys search their social medias i saw this picture what you know so it just makes it a little more interesting and then when people come on the podcast i mean i, I had rosie o'donnell on we i interviewed her for an hour and it really was um there were things i wanted to talk about since i was nine with her and then there were also things she said that i found so fascinating you sort of take people down you know you open that door and you go down that hallway and you sometimes there's nothing there all right fuck it you just come back and you open another door but um now, I I, i'm surprised I that you had an hour to talk about rosie with because i read online confirm or not that she was your mentor yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Really? i love well it didn't start out that way i started out as a fan and then um maybe like my second year on lena or something i met her and uh, no that's a lie to you she i'm just remembering now i was covering my second olympics in torino in 2004 torino italy and I was started blogging because she blogged. So I started blogging for NBC and somebody she blogged about me on her blog. Like she had been, she was watching my uh, Tonight Show coverage and I could not believe it. And so it was before Twitter. I think I don't even remember how I got in touch with her. But then she invited me backstage at Leno and I hung out with her. And then we became friends. She really took me under her wing and she's always been great to me. Isn't that funny? I haven't thought about that story. And so like, yeah. we still would talk. Sometimes she'll text me when she's watching uh, Hollywood Today Live. Because we're live in New York. I love that. Mm -hmm. I, as a as a gay person, like who's in the public eye, do you feel like you need to comment on every time there's a story in our community? No, be it Caitlyn. Oh, really? Okay. I certainly have opinions, but sometimes I should just shut up. You have opinions on everything. What? Stop it, <laughs> um, But no, I don't feel the need as a gay person to comment on every gay story. Okay. I do feel the need as a gay person to use my platform uh, wisely. 
I understand. I, I, I guess I'm wondering, like, do you feel like people expect you to comment? No. Oh, really? No. Fascinating. I don't feel that pressure. Okay. I, <laughs> maybe I should. <laughs> I just don't. Okay, last question. This do you is think prep. I should feel that pressure? No, but I feel... I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. But I, I wonder, been like, asked that. even, like, after, like, the poll shooting, like, if people well, are, like, you, looking to say, like, what does Ross think about this? Uh, I don't know that they certainly, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel that pressure then. I certainly felt the need to, to say something then that that yeah. was a before and after moment for me. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll never be the same as after I, I heard, heard that news. Same. And we talked about in last week's episode, I don't want to talk about every episode, yeah. but like, how could we not? Yeah. Yeah. Hugely. Um, last question, perhaps the most important question on your Instagram last week, mm-hmm. did I see that you watch football? Oh, yes. What? I grew up, like I said, in a farm town with a brother, well, my mom, who I love, and a brother and my dad, right? Great family. But, like, there was not a lot to talk about my straight brother, to talk talk about with my straight brother and my straight dad. So they loved hunting. They loved fixing cars. And they loved football. So if I wanted to get in there, I had to choose one of them. I tried to shoot a gun with my dad once. It did not go well. I... I don't care about cars. My favorite thing about cars in 2016 is that you push a button and it starts. Okay. That's what I like. I don't like, I don't, that's, I want one button. And so there was football. And so I bonded with them on football, became a lifelong Seahawks fan. And to this day, I watch all day long Sunday. I watch Monday night football, two games. Now there's Thursday night football. I'm obsessed. The only thing I don't do is fantasy football because I have a job (laughs) and, uh, yeah, I don't know. And I, now the Seahawks and I follow each other on Twitter. I go up for games. It's a big deal. I, that's shocking to me that the guy who's intern Ross on Jay Leno yes. also loves football. Yeah, I love, love, love. I just always have. I've been to, uh, covered many, many Super Bowls and like, that is so love funny. it. I love it. Yeah. Oh. You know what? Don't let anybody put you in any kind of box. You just do you. Just do you. <laughs> that's a great place to end it on. Uh, thank yeah. you for being here. I'm so happy to. I'm happy that I get to see you here in the, the hallway in the communal areas. And I'm honored that you asked me to come on. Oh, thank you so much. Of course. All right, y'all, that's our show. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a comment, tweet about us, tell your friends, write articles, help us to spread the word. I also love hearing your guest suggestions each week on Twitter. Tweeting at me is the easiest way to do that. I tweet from at JeffMasters1. You can also sign up for our award-winning newsletter. You can do that at lgbtqpodcast.com. Special thanks to the Elon University Studio in Los Angeles and AfterBuzz TV, where we're co-launched. The show is hosted and produced by Jeffrey Masters. That's me. Hi, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.